welcome, 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 Chronicles. I'm your host, The Heathen Machine. Well, here we are, Wednesday. Hope all of you are having an awesome week, accomplishing all the things you want to accomplish, and just getting through this these crazy times. Gas continues to rise. Cost of food continues to rise. So stay frosty out there. Don't drop your guard, because I have a feeling that society as we know it is going to get a little bit crazier. Remember when people are faced with desperate circumstances, they tend to do really crazy things, especially with the society that's been cultivated. Now, Uh, people have become so used to convenience and so used to uh, on demand and, and having everything now. But but I think I think that's all all about to change. Um, I mean, you can blame whoever. Personally, I I don't. I mean, I think both political parties are to blame. You know, I don't I don't think any one side is has been worse for it than the other. Right. As far as I'm concerned, a politician is a politician. They can be red or blue. I don't give a shit. They're all they're all bottom feeders in the swamp, Trump included. I don't care how you feel about that. Fuck all those people. Anyway, interesting things in the news. Uh, I figured I'd start some of these podcasts off with just some random stuff I read online in California. And it would be California. They have uh, classified bees as fish. (laughs) You know, gender confused jokes aside, um, it's not a bad move, right? Um, They want to protect, I think it's four species of bumblebee. Um, from agricultural practices. You know, I find that interesting, right? Where vegans are always talking about how they're vegan because they want to help the environment. But um, in California, they're having to protect bees because of agricultural practices, because of the stuff that's sprayed on crops, right? Crops meaning vegetable crops. Yeah, so good job. But look, commercial agriculture is no better, right? With the, the beef industry. Um, and like so many things, I'm in the middle on that, right? I, I definitely eat meat, but I definitely think uh, it should be raised in a humane way. Anyway, so the bumblebees being protected, considered as fish. And it, there's a precedent for it. That's the reason why I was able to do it. I guess back in like the 70s, there was a snail that was endangered. So they classified as a fish using their legalese. And, you know, that's the problem with the Western world is, legalities are only legal until you can just reword it with some gobbledygook legal talk. But the interesting thing about bees, um, and let's, uh, honeybees, right? Honeybees are not native to North America. A lot of people don't know this, but honeybees were actually introduced by Europeans. Like they brought so many other things over in the 1700s. And before the honeybee and, was introduced 
to this country. They they believed there were wild bees in the in in the United States, um, but most bees are solitary, and you might not even. You know, in my garden out, outside, you'll see all these really cool multicolored bugs, and they look like bee—they uh, look like flies, but they're not. They're actually these little bees, because um, most wild bees are solitary. And bumblebees, and where honeybees, you know, are, are not—they're social, and of course, they produce honey, which wild bees uh, don't. So they believe that the way everything was pollinated before the introduction of of honeybees, specifically, were uh, was the wind. But a lot of people don't understand that, you know, insects do pollinating as well. Ants, um, ants pollinate. And, and, and here's the thing. Anything that flies into a flower, picks up nectar, anything like that, and it lands. I mean, it's, you know, in the insect community as a whole contributes to uh, the pollination, which is, which is really important um, for plants to spread their seed. You know, like my my squash and zucchini plants, they need to be pollinated so they can keep fruiting. Um, Top Gun Maverick, how about that? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm Jesus. I've heard so many good things about it, and it's interesting that a that that such a pro American movie is doing so well. I, I think that says something. As a matter of fact, I'm just reading that it's outperformed all Marvel movies. In its go around, it only had like a 30% drop where most Marvel movies have like a 50%. Which is great because I can't fucking stand any of these Marvel movies. I'm not a fan of superhero genre of anything. I love comics, but I love sci-fi comics. I love comics that are not superhero bullshit. Like that shit. Look, man, if you're into that stuff, that's cool. But for me, the whole like the whole superhero shtick, it, I, I left that behind when I turned 13, right? It's just the most campy, ridiculous storytelling premise. It's like, oh no, evil person is here. Oh, one of the people was killed. Oh, we're going to band together and we're going to beat the bad guy. They always win and someone always dies, but it doesn't matter because in the comic world, motherfuckers always are brought back to life. Superman came back, Wolverine, like no comic death is it has any meaning because they always come back. No superhero story has meaning because it's all this fucking same. It's all the same. So I'm so glad to see Top Gun like coming coming back. And not only that, but they were the studio was defying against China. Finally, finally, you were seeing that a little bit in Hollywood where they're not so worried anymore about appeasing China like so many companies are just to make a fucking dollar. Just including Elon Musk, by the way. So all you Elon Musk fans out there might have to have a hard, hard think about the fact that he's always very silent about China's human rights uh, issues going on over there. So cool, Top Gun Maverick doing well. I think we're going to start seeing stuff like that more and more. Um, what people would call being targeted towards quote unquote middle America, which you could say the conservative base, but I don't think that's really appropriate because me, I'm not a conservative, you know, but I kind of file, I fall on the outsides of either side. So I wouldn't be accepted by the right or the left. And I, I'm okay with that. Um, that's a good spot for me. So if you've, um, haven't seen Top Gun, 
should probably go see it. I definitely am going to go see it at some point in the theater, I hope. Since Top Gun, the first one, was, I mean, such a huge part of so many people's childhoods, including mine. It was one of those movies when I was a kid. I saw, and I was like, man, I'd love to do that one day. I never did, but joined the military. Got the experience in another way. So, there's that. All right, now, this, um, I, I really enjoyed last week's podcast because I, I didn't write anything down. I just, I woke up Wednesday morning, like I did today, and I'm doing this, like, free flow kind of, I don't know, just whatever comes to me. And, I, you know, the night before, I'll pick a topic I, I, I want to talk about, I'll marinate on it, go to sleep, wake up, and uh, go to town. And so what I want to do today is I wanted to share with all of you my first intense psychedelic experience I had after I got out of the military. And I want to do that because I, I, I'm a huge proponent of psychedelics. As, as if you follow me or, or listen to this, you'll understand that. It's, you know, for me, psychedelics are going to be a huge game changer once more and more people can have access to, say, something like psilocybin mushrooms in a safe environment being guided by a licensed guide or therapist or, or however they structure that. But I, I think it's going to really help a lot of people. It was, it was immensely helpful for me. I'd probably be considered treatment resistant and not, not that I'm resistant, but going through all my stuff with PTSD and depression and stuff like that, the traditional treatments just never seemed um, to hold on. Um, you know, I went to rehab and it was an inpatient 30 day intense inpatient 30 day, um, rehab center in San Antonio called Laurel Ridge. And it was good. You know, the groups and the immersion therapy, um, and things like that. And then, but the problem is like, they just, they'll just give you all kinds of medication. And a lot of times like trazodone, like trazodone is an antipsychotic. But see what these pharmaceutical companies are doing now, um, because the FDA is shady as fuck. They decided that, well, this medication helps with sleep and this other thing. So let's just use it as they call it off brand. Right. And so they can prescribe something as heavy as an antipsychotic for sleep, which is fucking crazy. So, you know, here I went like using this trazodone and I hated the way I felt on it. It made me feel even more detached. It made me feel distant, made me feel lethargic. And, you know, I'd wean myself off of it. But so my psychedelic experience. So, again, so psychedelics are important to me. And I just want to make that very clear. I know a lot of people still just don't know a lot about psychedelics or psilocybin mushrooms or LSD or ayahuasca or uh, DMT, which is the, the concentrated form of ayahuasca. Um, a lot of people still don't know. And I, I think it's, it's it, the net narrative needs to change. Okay. So let's go back to 2014, right? Got out of the Marine Corps officially November, uh, November like 30th of 2013. Got out. 
months later, we find ourselves, I was married at the time, my ex-wife and I would find ourselves in Missouri, um, get a cool little place, a little homestead. And my, my ex, she was a, a hippie. She's a hippie, right? And she wanted to connect with her hippie community. And I understood that because for a few years, she was kind of immersed in the Marine Corps life and not even in the good part, but in the, in the, in the aftermath of like coming home from Afghanistan and just being immersed in the real dark side of the Marine Corps um, was, was not, was not the best experience for, for either one of us. So when we got out, when she got, didn't have to deal with that whole military nonsense, Marine Corps nonsense, she wanted to connect with like her hippie people. And I understood that. Now, you got to understand, I was barely a year out of the Marine Corps. So we connected with some people around Springfield, Missouri, you know, hippie types. And they're talking about a, a music festival that goes on down in Ozark, Arkansas, called Birdfest. Um, and Birdfest is a really, I, I'm pretty sure it's still going on. I mean, it's a pretty big regional show. They have like two to 3,000 people. Bands like the Schwag and, you know, it's, it's like a lot of Grateful Dead jam band types of bands are playing. That's the kind of music, this kind of psychedelic rock bluegrass type type music. So. So these people we met, they were they were talking about this bird fest and my my ex really wanted to go. And um, me knowing where I was at at that point, I was apprehensive. But I was like, OK, absolutely. I should probably, you know, get out and do something as well. So. It's September, I think it was September 2014 is when the when the when this music festival is going on. So we get down there. And I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting it to be as big as it was, right? So we get there. And so you come in this, this gate, this main road, right? And the, and as you, as you come into the, the, the facility, it's like this, it's like a, like a, an adventure camp is, is what it is. Birds adventure camp or something like that. So you drive in, you, you, you go through this big open field where the stage is. So there's the stage and then there's like all the food concessions are in this big open field and you continue driving back into this. There's this big loop road, right? Tucked away into the, into the trees there. And you, that's where we drove back to because we were going to stay the night. It's, it's a two, three day festival where you camp out and everything and music. So we get there and we set up and we, we hook up with these friends. Now, mind you, <laughs> so let me set this scene for you. Here I am, about a year out of the Marine Corps. I'm still very hostile. I'm still angry. And I'm there and I'm wearing a Marine Corps-like baseball cap and I've got it pulled really down far. So like, it's almost covering my eyes, right? And I'm wearing this white button down shirt and the shorts and I'm just, you know, my demeanor is very, I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh man, we're going to like a concert and be fights, it, you know, people get stupid and drunk, like shit happens. It happens. So I'm, I'm host and I'm, I'm trying not to be, but I can't help it. I, I, it's just, it's that facade 
um, that you kind of carry around with you for a little while after you get out of something like the Marine Corps, especially in the infantry and especially, you know, only being like two years since I'd gone back from Afghanistan or about three, something like that. And there's so much that happened in that time span. So I was just in a, I was in that space. I was, you know, dark thoughts and I was still aggressive and I was still in that, um, I was still in that headspace. So as the day goes on, I don't, my demeanor doesn't change. I'm still just kind of closed off. And, you know, we go back to the camping area and, you know, we're hanging out with all these people. And frankly, I, it's not like I had anything in common with them. I mean, it was literally just a bunch of fucking hippies. Right. And, and like the hippie world and hippie culture is very interesting. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it was very different from the environment I'd, I'd been used to for those last for years and years, you know, very aggressive, very, uh, confrontational, um, violent. And, uh, I'm, and I, then I find myself surrounded by like all these hippies who sitting in circles and drums and crystals and fucking rocks and, um, everything like that. So the day progresses and, starts it starts getting closer towards evening time so we're all sitting you know in this uh camp circle and this kid comes through who they knew you know they all the people were with knew him and he had this backpack and he was asking if anybody wanted to buy mushrooms he had golden teachers now if you Anybody who knows anything about psilocybin knows that Golden Teachers is a strain of psilocybin mushroom. It's a good, mellow experience, and it's a it's a they call it the Golden Teacher because it it teaches. So here's this kid comes around asking if anybody wanted mushrooms. So me and my ex-wife decided that eh, why not? You know, let's let's give it a go. So. We get some, and I, I don't know, I, don't, I can't remember how much we actually got. Maybe an eighth each or something like that. So we eat them and continue on with the evening. About 35 or 40 minutes goes by. And before we go further, there's one thing that you need to understand about psychedelics is, and, and especially psilocybin, because that's what I have the most experience with. So when you take a psychedelic like psilocybin mushrooms, it'll take about 30 minutes to 45 minutes for them to kick in. And when they do, that's when people usually freak out because what's happening is that that the physical interaction of the mushrooms with your brain is that it puts your amygdala to sleep. So suddenly, like, you feel that cold sense of nervousness. You're like, <gasps> like, you almost feel panicky because now you're, you suddenly become bombarded with all this input. And I call it turbulence. It's the, it's the turbulence before the, the beautiful experience that is the psychedelic experience. But you have to kind of, you have to bear with this turbulent few moments you know because if if you have a solid grounding you can you'll overcome that very quickly 
And if you're with good people, they will help you be like, hey, you're fine. No one's ever died of mushrooms. You're going to be okay. And then boom, just like that, you'll be right back. You'll, you'll, be, you'll feel awesome. So I'm sitting on the, the bed. Of, I'm sitting on the bed of this truck, right? The tailgate's down. And I'm sitting on the tailgate. And, and they hit me. And I'm, you know, I'm surrounded by all these hippies and I'm trying to just play it really cool. But, you know, some of the other physical effects, some people feel is like your neck will tighten up a little bit and like you'll like you'll kind of like clench your jaws a little. It has some weird physical effects, like especially if it's your first time. The physical interaction of the psilocybin in your body just it will do kind of some weird things. So. So it's hitting me. And everyone's like going about their thing. And I'm, I'm just sitting there. And these, these friends that we went with or met up with, they had this really obnoxious kid, right? I mean, this young, obnoxious kid. And he might have had something wrong with him. I don't know. But the kid was annoying. And like, he was just, he was in my face. And I, I did well, because I knew I was like, man, I'm fucking, tr I'm starting to trip. And but luck, they noticed that and they, you know, they pulled him back. So a, a few minutes goes by, right? And I'm still kind of in the throes of this turbulent phase. And, they're, and they decide it's getting darker and darker. And, and they decide that, hey, let's go ahead and go up to the stage. Because at this point, some of the band, the early acts were getting on stage and playing music. So I get up and I just remember feeling like everything around me was kind of wavy, you know, and we start now we start making our way to the stage, right? It's just the, the, it's the road we drove in on, right? So we're, we're, we get back on this road. Now at this point, I have overcome that turbulent phase as we start walking up to the stage because we're way in the back. So we got a nice little walk ahead of us. So I'm overcome the turbulence and we're walking up to the stage. And I remember this very distinctly because it was, it was what changed everything for me. So walking up to the stage and as we're walking along this road, I remember seeing all of these, they were young, even then, they're probably, they, you know, these young teens, you know, 18, 19 something year olds. And they're, they're like going up and down this path and they're carrying these big colorful flags and there's these, these colorful lights. And I just remember looking and seeing and it all seemed like it was in slow motion, you know, everything was wavy. And it felt like I was in this really vivid dream. And I just remember looking around. It's like I could, everything sounded brighter. Everything looked sharper. Yeah, it was sort of distorted, right? It was, it was wavy. Again, it looked like, like reality isn't fixed when you're in a psychedelic trance, right? Or under the guise of a psychedelic experience. Things are not set. And the other thing I remember is like all these people would come up to us and just hug us. And like everyone was so fucking happy. And I remember thinking like there was probably two or 3000 people there. 
And I remember thinking that I've never been somewhere where there's so many people and not a single person was, there was no fights, you know, like no yelling, just everyone vibing, you know, in, in this moment. And, and here I am under this, under the, the psilocybin influence, you know, combat veteran dealing with PTSD not not at that time not jiving with large crowds not interested in it and i found myself freer than i had been in such a long time walking up to that stage and and experiencing all these strangers being kind right and looking around me under the influence of psilocybin and realizing how fucking beautiful life is. This was a very profound moment for me. Because when we got to the stage, we laid on the grass, and I just remember it, it, it was the most blissful experience I've ever had. And it, it, it changed everything. It made me realize that there's... I decided then and there that I needed to do more research on what the hell was going on, right? Because you gotta, you gotta remember, up until that point, you know, I'd been doing a lot of the traditional therapy. Um, you know, I was medically stepped out for PTSD. So it's just something I had to deal with. And I, I didn't want to be one of those combat vets who, I don't know, just kind of accepted it. I didn't want to be the broken combat vet. I fucking hate that. And I hate that that's what like the popular view of a combat vet is. They're always broken. They're always drunk. They're always, you know, they're always making these terrible decisions. Like they never show the ones who end up being successful and, you know, all this other stuff. So that experience, that intense psychedelic experience busted the crust of I guess what had built around my psyche, my mental state, especially coming out of the Marine Corps and especially coming out of the infantry, um, it, it broke down these walls that for some reason I couldn't break down through therapy and no amount of medication that the VA tried to give me was ever going to do what that one psilocybin experience did for me. Right? That's saying a lot. And this is why this is why I'm such a proponent of psychedelics. That experience at that festival made me realize that there is something. There is something that can help. And not just combat vets, but anybody dealing with heavy trauma or depression, right? And and, and they're just not finding the answers in these talking mouth counselors and psychologists who really don't know what the fuck they're doing either. You know, they just sit in the chair, write some notes, and hopefully they remember which patient you are, but they probably don't because they see like 30 a day. So, so that's a problem. But with the psilocybin experience, it made me realize that I could take control of my emotional state, my mental state, my physical state. You know, it, it, op- it literally opened up my eyes 
to this wider world. And the interesting thing about that first intense psychedelic experience I had is it, it did a couple things. One, it busted open this insatiable desire to find out what psilocybin was all about. The si- I needed to know the science, right? Because hanging out in that hippie crowd, the, pro- the problem with, with that is a lot of people just unfortunately won't take, you know, a lot of these hippie types seriously because it's always very, you know, crystal charged in the river type language. And so I was like, you know what? I'm a combat vet. I'm a Marine. Let me approach this like a Marine would. Let me, let me, let me be logical about it. Let's look at the science and see what the science says. So it it started me on this really interesting journey of taking a a deep dive into um, psychedelics and specifically psilocybin mushrooms, um, which then led me into experimenting with psilocybin. You know, at one point I was having a psilocybin trip every weekend for about five weeks straight. And that, I mean, that was, that cemented all the stuff that I had experienced in that first psychedelic experience that I had at BirdFest. I started writing. What that first experience did is not only did it bust the crust of whatever was there, this, um, you know, keeping people away, it, it also broke down this, the wall of negativity I had about myself, specifically with creativity, right? Suddenly, I wanted to be creative, which was, which was crazy, because for so much of my life, I told myself that I, I just wasn't creative, that I didn't have that. I just wasn't wired that way. But that was bullshit. And it took that psilocybin experience for me to finally acknowledge that I can be a lot more than what I am. You know, I don't have to be, I don't have to be just the physical self of me, right? Because even then I I still worked out and that always been a, my physical self had always sort of dominated everything. So after that psilocybin, experience maybe understand i can balance that out you know i can balance the physical self with the creative self and it led me on to just it led me on to all these other insights now the interesting thing about that first experience is that and the science all verifies this it's that most antidepressants that you get prescribed from a doctor ssris they take weeks, you know, they can take weeks to work in your system. You know, they got to build up. And then even then they might not work or they might make your symptoms worse. The interesting thing about psilocybin is that in that one high dose experience I had at the, at BirdFest, it did more than any medication could ever do. And the science verifies that. So psilocybin immediately acts on those serotonin receptors where it takes medications weeks and weeks. So in one intense psychedelic experience, you're going to immediately remap your mind. You're going to remap your thoughts. And as long as you're in a good setting with good people, 
you do it the right way, you're prepared, you will have an amazing experience and you will learn so much about yourself and you will learn that so much of what you've allowed to hold you back no longer applies. And that was, a, that was an important lesson for me. That experience opened the door for, for, for allowing me to move forward. And since then, you know, I've got my bachelor's degree, writing frequently. I mean, I play guitar now and music and just all this stuff I, I do now is a result of um, that, that one psilocybin experience in 2014 at Birdfest, right? Being surrounded, being in an environment, I was, it was very alien to me at that time, but absolutely loving every moment of it. Never once feeling unsafe, feeling like I was a part of something. Like, cause in that, under that psychedelic trance, you just, it's very hard to explain it without, you know, cause when you're when you're tripping you think you you think you understand what's happening and then when you come out of it right when you when everything sort of wears off you you try to remember and you can't it's like a dream it's like it's it was so vivid yet when you're back to being in that sober reality you almost you're you're just trying to grab onto snatches of thought or experiences you had but for me i had captured enough of it to understand what was going on it had remapped my my brain, and the science, um, you know, the science verifies that. The science supports that. Now, I wanted to share that with all of you because it's an important part of my my development. It was a huge milestone in in my development as a as a human, not just like a human being, but a man. Um. You know, and, and being, that was the other thing that changed was empathy, right? You know, you come out of something like the Marine Corps where it's all about violence. Um, and I had this crazy psychedelic trip and that was probably, the, the, there's lasting effects. That's why I was going back to with the SSRIs where, where the, the effect of psilocybin stays with you for a very long time. Sometimes people will never have to trip again. Like that the one time changed everything enough for them that that was it. You know, some people like to do maintenance doses. I'm one of those, like maybe twice a year. It's kind of reset, clean yourself up, you know, your mind up. But you're not going to find medications that do that, that are going to, that are going to immediately and positively affect your mental state. And then you don't have to take it again. Because remember, that's not going to make money for the pharmaceutical companies. Their goal is to make you addicted to their medication where psilocybin is not something anybody ever gets addicted to you know most actually psychedelics in general they're just they're too heavy they take you to too dark places or good places for people to really want to like be addicted to them which is why they are teachers you know most a lot of addicts um use psychedelics to to kick addiction People that smoke, they've um, psychedelic therapy has helped smokers quit smoking. So that psychedelic experience was incredibly important for me, uh, and and I and I share that because I I know there's a lot of people out there who deal with heavy depression and trauma, um, 
and maybe they don't know where to turn to. They, they, they just are looking for relief. They're looking for something. And I really feel like looking into something like psilocybin can really benefit a lot of people. It, it changed my life in such an, in such a huge way. I mean, it just completely shifted everything. Um, like I said, em empathy. I mean, my empathy increased tenfold. You know, I was coming out of that and, and then further psychedelic experiences. Um, I don't, every time I did it, it was like you feel more and more connected with your surroundings, especially because I've, since I've got out of the Marine Corps, I've lived in the woods mostly. Um, you just, I, I, I feel this incredible connection with nature. And it's not the hippy dippy type thing, but you just, it's like, the wind isn't wind, it's like breath. It's the breath of the earth. And you can, you feel it and you hear it. And you feel like the, the ground beneath you and it's like the hair, right? And I'm a night tripper, so I always like doing it at night. And I would go outside and look up at the sky and the stars and just be okay with the fact that I am this <clears throat> minuscule thing on this minuscule rock in this little corner of a gigantic fucking universe. And it was okay. It was a great feeling. Now, I know a lot of people are apprehensive about using psychedelics, and that's okay. I would encourage you to do your research um, if you've never done it before, and maybe you're thinking about doing it. I would encourage you to do the research, talk to others who have done it, and if possible, get yourself a guide um, someone with experience and, uh, give it a try. I mean, I, I can't encourage it cause I mean, it's technically still illegal, but it's definitely something worth looking into. And I wanted to share that my story, my first experience. Um, and I, cause I think a lot of people, you know, will have that same experience Well, they'll have these crazy insights, uh, into things they never really thought about. Cause under that psychedelic guise, you just, you can have these conversations with yourself that are very honest. You know, you're not trying, you're not trying to be deceptive with yourself. It's just this very, everything's laid bare. Um, and, and it allows you to organize your thoughts and it allows you to slice away some of that, some of that bad shit that's been bogging you down and it just tosses it away and you're okay with it. So that was uh so that was my my first mate you know my first major psychedelic experience after I got out of the Marine Corps. It was profound. Um it was in this it was in the setting it needed to be in, right? Surrounded by just so many people in an environment that I never would put myself in willingly. But I think that was also part of the the great experience of it. It was because I was so far outside of my comfort zone and I ended up having such a great time and realizing that I had just experienced something that I needed to, I needed, I needed to figure that out. I needed to, I needed to find out more about why I had that. So hopefully, um, you know, if you're on the fence, hopefully this is something that'll help you maybe take that plunge if you have any questions about any of this stuff, please don't, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. If there's one, if, 
there's a handful of things I get passionate about and psychedelics is one of them writing and, you know, training are, are the others and music. Those are some of the other things that I get really passionate about. But psychedelics is, 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 is close to the top of that list. So if you have any reservations, any, any myths you've heard or anything like that, don't, don't hesitate to reach out and um, ask questions or anything like that. I'm here. That's why I'm here to share my experiences to help all of you who are listening. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I appreciate you listening, downloading. Um, I would be ever forever grateful if you shared the podcast, if you left a review or, or, or you know, rate, rate my podcast on whatever platform you listen on. I'd be incredibly, uh, incredibly grateful as it does help. I drop new episodes of the podcast every Wednesday. The Heathen Machine Chronicles. You can find me on Instagram at The Heathen Machine. And I, yeah, I got a TikTok also at The Heathen Machine. And I think that's uh, all I really, really have for this episode. So take care of yourself. Take care of those in your circle. Stay vigilant in these ever turbulent times of unpredictability from deep in the Ozark foothills he the machine out mm-hmm.